Hey guys, hope that you're doing fantastic. Today I want to share an interview that I did the other day that was done on me by Jeremy Ryan Slate with the Create Your Own Life podcast. This was uh, an interview in which um, there was a lot of fire on it. Uh, you know how I get, I get really passionate about things. I think you guys are going to enjoy it. Uh, there's uh, The main thing that came from it is that uh, I was being asked by Jeremy about entrepreneurs and how my parents had an influence on it, my daddy, my great-granddaddy and stuff. And, and I believe that an entrepreneur is somebody that's made and not something that's on the DNA, in the DNA of an individual. So I think you guys are going to like it. There's a lot of value on it, a lot of uh, great viewpoints to have, and uh, I would love to hear your thoughts on it. So send me a message, m.me forward slash the ninja marketer. All right, guys, here we go. Here's today's podcast. Hey, what's up, everybody? Jeremy here. And guys, I'm very excited for today's guest because I've been hearing his name all over the place. And I know listeners have actually been saying, hey, you got to have this guy on. Today's guest moved to the U.S. from Puerto Rico. Manuel Suarez launched a company taking it from zero to $6 million in sales in just over a year. And this time he studied everything marketing with a focus on social media marketing. He then decided to help others, starting with his father, and three years helped his business to go from $2 million in revenue in one country to $28 million in eight countries. After that, he took his first client to 400K to over a million in six months. From there, he formed Attention Grabbing Media and inspired by Ben Cummings, decided to launch his own course on Facebook marketing, which is currently nearing completion after its first launch. You can find out more about him over at www.manuelsuarez.com. Welcome to the Create Your Own Life podcast, Manuel Suarez. Oh man, it's a pleasure to be here, Jeremy. Thank you for having me. Absolutely, man. I've been, I've been, I can't tell you the number of listeners that have told me I've got to have you on the show, man. So, so it's an honor to hang out with you today, brother. <laughs> That's awesome. Absolutely. Very cool. So, I, I, I love to take a look at people that are are high performers. They're really doing things on a high level and kind of figure out, you know, what are those things that make them different? What are those things that make them tick? So, let me ask you, man. What's your story? Oh man, what's your story? I mean, 400 and something, <laughs> 400 and something episodes, man. I was looking at you the other day because I've heard a bunch of podcasts and I'm like, this guy, you know, one of the things, one of the things that uh, I would always tell anybody that asked me, what is the uh, number one factor in your success? Persistence. And uh, mm. let me give you a big uh, validation for that because that's something special. Uh, just to, but to answer the, your question, Jeremy, I, um, I've been hearing throughout uh, many years that, um, I mean, there's people that I follow, some of the guys that I've been listening to from Gary Vaynerchuk that when I when I actually bought his book, uh, I think about six years ago, which was Crush It, uh, there's, there's things that I've heard from his content. Uh, most of it has been the truth, right? Uh, which has inspired me to do the special things that I've done throughout the last few years. But a lot of the things, uh, like there was one main thing that never, that I never agreed with. Mm. Uh, that was particularly the fact that, um, and I even wrote him an email because we had a personal connection later on. Uh, I wrote him an email that he was wrong on this viewpoint, that he said that you're either an entrepreneur or you're not. You're either- You know what's funny? That's the exact same the exact same point that, that bothered me too. And I actually got in a conversation with Grant Cardone about it. So go ahead. <laughs> Absolutely. No, it, it was at one time I was listening because I, I, I still to this day, I listen a lot to his content and- uh, it's something that keeps me going a lot, but you know, he talks about that. Like he starts a seminar and he says like, well, I'm sorry, but I don't, this is awkward. I got nothing to tell you because, uh, you're either an, an entrepreneur or you're not. Right. And I disagree so much, Jeremy, on this because, uh, you know, I'm 37 years old today. And, uh, my first 
32 years of my life, I did nothing entrepreneurial. Mm. I just literally was trying to get the most out of my family. Uh, my, my dad, uh, we were middle class. You know, we came from a, a decent background. By the age of uh, eight, uh, my dad got divorced from my mom. And um, uh, after that, we actually had a meltdown in the family. And by the age of uh, 12, my entire family was bankrupt. My dad, my mom, everybody. And we lost everything. We, stu- we started over. My dad's story is uh, it's an incredible one. Uh, but but we we come from a background of like having a lot, uh, being decent, and then having nothing for my teenage years, uh, and then uh, along the way, my dad would just help me survive, and I would I would have a job, I would work um, eight hours a day, and just earn minimum wage, and uh, and I I actually was a waiter for a couple of years of my life. I never had really any ambitions. I mean, mm. uh, by the age of uh, twenty four, um, I got married. I met my wife. I met her in Mexico City because I was studying over there. Uh, I was um, studying some philosophical training in Mexico City. And then there uh, I met my wife. And still, I had no hopes, ambitions, desires to be an entrepreneur, own businesses. Or, or you know what? It was probably, Jeremy, like I thinking that entrepreneurs were smart and that was not for me. Like there was all these viewpoints about that's just not for me. So my wife married me, not for my money. Uh, funny story. I actually got a loan from her to get my uh, to get her a wedding engagement ring. You know, like she literally lent me money for me to buy her an engagement ring. Uh, this is a story that I usually don't tell publicly. Um, and so I had nothing. I mean, that's that's. I guess that's a good sign, right? I have a a woman that loves me for what I am and what I was at that point. Um, I, I, but then, I hear you, man. My wife, my wife is way smarter than me because I came from the academic world where I was a, a high school teacher and she was the entrepreneur. So I totally understand that viewpoint. Right. There you go. So uh, basically, um, Jeremy, for the next 10 years or so, uh, I'm going to say, mm, so I'm 37 now. So I've been married for almost 14 years now. I was 24 back then. For the next nine years or so, I had a nine to five job uh, Monday through Saturday. And then something happened to me, um, mostly me realizing by observation that there was a different era and there was a lot of people taking advantage of this era. And why am I standing on the sideline? Uh, I was struggling. I couldn't meet ends meet. Uh, I was having a tough time pay for, paying for uh, my mortgage and, and I couldn't have my kids on a private school and I couldn't do everything that I wanted to do. And it, it was a struggle. So I think that what the way that it happened to me was... Um, in 2013, uh, early 2012, actually, um, my brother-in-law, who's uh, one of my partners today, uh, he came in and he told me, look, there's something going on with this Amazon world. It was uh, towards, uh, I think it was uh, Amazing Selling Machine, uh, the third launch or something like that. Sure. And then he told me, uh, you can sell stuff on Amazon. And I'm like, really? You know, that's a, the interesting thing about it, Jeremy, that in, in 2018, people still most people in the world, not entrepreneurs, they think that when they're buying something from Amazon, Amazon is selling it to them. They don't, they don't, they don't understand that it's a bunch of us in our homes, in our kitchens and garages, uh, getting uh, inventory from other parts of the planet like China and selling it to them. But at that point, I was one of those. I was ignorant. And I, I was like, oh, wow, interesting. You can sell your own stuff on Amazon. Wow, let's do it. So for me, that was the start. That was, that's when I had my first wake up after 32 years of slumber, totally in this world of being able to produce money. 
and just and things just started taking off, man. I mean, it's a uh, it was a, a a big snowball effect for me, and I got so obsessed with it. Uh, now I can tell you that um, I, I can go back in time right now and understand that generally in my life, when I get obsessed about something, I don't stop until I mm. conquer it. It used to be mm. it used to be things that were not moral. Okay, we're not going to talk <laughs> about that today. Uh, it also used to be uh, women. Also, I hope that my wife doesn't listen to this, but we're also going to not not going to talk about that. So in general, also I was really good tennis player my whole life. I was really into tennis. I was number two in Puerto Rico and number one for like my entire uh, teenage years over there. I was I was a champion and I played internationally and everything. So I was really good at that. So. When I learned a new subject, and that was marketing, I became obsessed with it. Uh, I just couldn't stop until I mastered it. And fast forward to today, uh, if, if you would have told me five years ago that I would have accomplished half of the things that I've done in the last five years, I definitely would have laughed in your face, Jeremy. That's uh, basically the short story summarized. Absolutely. So I, I want to take a look at, um, you mentioned... In 2013, there was this big shift. It's when you found Amazon. It's when a lot of these different things happened. I'd like to hear a little bit of, you know, kind of like what you were considering at that point and like what kind of moved you over the hump because a lot of people think about opportunities, but they don't move. Right. It's a great question, Jeremy. I think that uh, I got to a point in which I, I remember I had an iPhone, um, which I was really proud of. Uh, I don't know if it was an iPhone 3 at that point or something like that. Maybe it was close to 4. Um, and, uh, I used to play a lot of, uh, um, tomb Raider or temple stone, something like that. Uh, I used to waste so much time. I mean, I would look at my kids and they would waste time and I was just wasting time right with them. Uh, and uh, my life just felt like purposeless. Uh, I used to work, get out of work, uh, get outside, uh, my house with my kids. Uh, that was fun. Go in the skateboard, uh, um, shoot some hoops, but then, uh, I thought about all the things that I wanted to do. And I remember wanting to go to vacation, uh, wanting to go to the Caribbean, uh, maybe taking my wife somewhere nice, going out to dinner. And I'm like, I can't afford that. And then it just started like bothering me that I started seeing people uh, that were doing all this stuff and I couldn't access any of that. Uh, I couldn't afford any of that. So I, I just felt an urgent need. Uh, so for the last couple of months before I was presented with the opportunity, uh, I was already thinking about man, if I don't change something about this, it's like, you know, for example, like, let's say that you're dreaming about greatness and you want to accomplish all these great things in your life and you want to travel the world and buy yourself expensive cars and help your organizations and whatever it is that you want to do, you know, like you want to work for a nonprofit, you want to change the world, but then you're driving Uber cars. I mean, it, it's just like, that's one of the things that you, the people have to understand. Like if you have dreams, goals, ambitions, whatever they are, if your actions do not match those ambitions, then you're stuck. Nothing's going to happen. So like at that point, I was already open to the possibility of like, wait a second. I think that since we have 24 hours in a day and I have to sleep six or seven and I have to work eight, I could probably do something with the other eight hours of my life. That just started making sense to me. And you know, like one of the key qualities of uh, smart entrepreneurs is common sense. So I was like, hmm, uh, I started thinking about that. And I'm like, my great granddaddy, we had a we had a company that he formed in Puerto Rico called Suarez Toy House. If somebody from Puerto Rico is in your audience, they're going to know about this company. 
we had a big company that ended up being bankrupt down the line uh, because uh, Toys R Us came into the equation when I was a little kid. Toys R Us is now gone, which is the crazy thing about how the world, like Amazon became the new Toys R Us, you know, like because they took they got them out of the business. But we had this big business called Toys R Us and we in Puerto Rico in the Caribbean, we were the main distributors of toys on all these places. So I come from a family of entrepreneurs, but my grand great granddaddy, he used to come out of work at five o'clock and that was it. He was done over. But what do we have? We have this incredible era of the internet in which our shifts don't have to end. Like we can keep going nine to five, nine to eight, nine to one. It doesn't matter. So that's an opportunity that just sank in. And I'm like, wait a second. It makes sense where we can build businesses faster ever than, than ever right now. Because instead of having to work eight hours a day, I can work 14. I can do that, which means that I, whatever they were doing at that point, I can do it triple as fast or more. I can just produce more in less time because of this online world. So it just like, it, it happened. It, it was not an overnight process, Jeremy. I just started doing it. Like right now, you, you've you seen a lot of what I do. I do a lot of videos. I have a course. I have a blog. I have a, a podcast. Uh, I have a lot of these things going on. Uh, at that point, I didn't even dream about that. Uh, five years ago, which is not that long ago, I already had three kids five years ago. Uh, all I wanted to was get behind that keyboard in my computer and just sell some products so I can survive a little bit better. I was not thinking about being a podcaster, being a teacher, helping the world. I, I was not at that point. So just like anything else, it slowly progresses through time. There's no such thing as an overnight phenomena. You get better every single day. You improve. You learn something else. And and for me, it was a slow, maybe from my viewpoint now, I can look at it and be like, hmm. It happened pretty fast, especially considering that it was only five years ago. But it feels like you don't, you know what I mean? Like you don't really feel it. Like two weeks later, you already did another 10 hours of training. You don't feel yourself dramatically different. You just feel a little bit better. And no, then- I, th- I think that's huge though too, because I, I feel like, especially like being the person in it, you're like, man, I just want this to be faster. And you, people from the outside are just like, wow, you know, look at what you're doing. And I feel like sometimes we're our own worst critic in that way. Oh, absolutely. It's a, it's, a, it's a progress as an individual. You get better and better and better, just like uh, and the analogy of like, uh, you know, uh, somebody that gets on a bike for the first time, like a four-year-old kid, and he doesn't know how to ride a bike. He needs to have the training wheels on it because if he doesn't, he's going to crash, you know, so you, it's a must. So he put the training wheels on and then he gets on it. And guess what? He still has a tough time, even with the training wheels. So now he gets a little bit better and then he trains a little bit more and he gets on it and then uh, daddy pushes him around and now he's doing a little bit better. So maybe uh, two months down the line, he can take up the training wheels. But at the beginning, he's going to probably fall a couple times or maybe get really close to falling or like it's going to be a struggle. So it's just like that exact same process. You know, that's just how it works. Like people start thinking about, oh, I'm just like, uh, when you talk about the 40-year-old community, 45-year-olds, 50-year-olds, I-, I wasn't born in this online world. So what? None of us were. That's the reality. We just like, we here, everybody listening to this podcast probably remembers how the world was 20 years ago. I, I know I do. I was actually on the outside of my playground, playing tennis, playing basketball, hanging around. There was none of these devices and we didn't have any of these opportunities. So right now for me, it's like, how do we take advantage of these opportunities that our ancestors 
my daddy, my granddaddy never even dreamed about having access to. So it's just a matter, uh, Jeremy, of not taking it for granted. And at that point, five years ago, I made a decision and I said, I am not going to take for granted the greatest communications era ever in the history of humanity. So from that decision, everything starts adding up afterwards. But if somebody doesn't make a decision about it first, nothing really happens, you know? Yeah. So I, I want to kind of bring this back to, you know, there's a lot of guys doing marketing out there, Manuel, but you're, you're world class at it, right? Like, let, let's look at these numbers, right? $6 million, $28 million, you know, $400,000. Like, what has allowed you to scale marketing at that level? Because there's a lot of people that are able to, you know, if they get lucky, crack six figures. But what have you been able to do to, to scale at that level? The, uh, the number one thing, Jeremy, like when I do seminars, uh, the number one thing that I push really hard on, because uh, it's pretty much impossible for somebody to do a seminar with me, even if it's a whole entire day seminar, and come out in the other end being Facebook masters and being complete super mega professionals. It's not going to happen. So what I try to accomplish uh, through my podcast, through my seminars, is as a first step, is understand how little you know about these platforms. Just for one second, understand that what you know is now 1% of the potential knowledge. And, and I tell you that with the most sincere viewpoint that I could ever give you, Jeremy, in reality, for all the listeners, to you and to even myself, I am convinced of one thing right now. I am convinced that I know 2% of the potential power of this platform, meaning that even myself, like, for example, I'm a mega marketer on this platform. Like, I call myself a Facebook ninja and a Facebook expert. But tomorrow, if Facebook stops working, I'm going to call myself a whatever marketing channel expert I come into, into existence because a marketer is somebody that knows how to capture attention. I know how to capture attention. It just so happens to be right now that the greatest opportunity to capture attention is for the Facebook platform. And it's not something that I'm dreaming about. It's not a hallucination of mine, Jeremy. It's the reality of what's going on in this world today. This platform, Facebook, Instagram, Messenger, WhatsApp, which is owned by Facebook also, they are babies. They are 14 years old and only in pure evolution. And not only that, even though they're babies, they already control in the United States, 77% of the adult population wow. are actively using the platform. But not only that, Jeremy, you know what's shocking about it? Let me tell you something really shocking and crazy. For me, it blew me away. Uh, I went to Mexico. I've been going to Mexico City for the last couple of years to do seminars. I have friends and I have staff over there. Uh, so I, it's, it's a place that I like to visit a lot. So last year, only about 13 months ago, I went there. And I actually, uh, on my seminar, because I like to survey people, uh, okay, so raise your hand if you here are actively using Facebook. At that point, it was a 50% of the audience at that point, about 50%, which I thought was very, pretty impressive because it's Mexico. Uh, I also asked who here has bought stuff on Amazon in this last week here. And about 15%, which is still pretty impressive for me at that point, raised their hands, meaning that you know, almost two, almost, almost two out of every 10 Mexicans were already buying stuff on Amazon. This year, I just came back last week from a seminar to 170 people that I did live over there. When I asked the same question, Facebook, 98% of the audience raised their hands. 
not only actively using it monthly, they said actively using it every single day of their lives, which means that out of 170 people, two people in that room raised their hands that they didn't have a Facebook account. And uh, that was pretty impressive because I did the same question for Amazon and almost 50% of the entire audience raised their hands. And I told these guys, like, guys, anybody here that's a listener and anybody that's, that, that's actually paying attention anywhere, you got to understand that if you are outside the U.S., there's other markets outside the U.S., you have to understand that you have a microscope into the future because you understand how and what is happening in the United States right now. And you also understand that historically, anything that develops in the United States is going to be imported into that country, which means that... You know, those things are happening. Like right now, I could tell you that 90 something percent of the audiences are buying stuff on Amazon. There's like a hundred and something million Amazon Prime users in the United States. Whatever that's going on is going to happen in other countries, Mexico, India, Japan, etc. So the same phenomena, those two companies, Amazon and Mexico, Amazon and Facebook are going to be dominating this game for a long, long time. And that's what it's all about. Absolutely. Well, I want to come back now, since we've been talking about, you know, being world-class at what you do, I, I want to come back now to you. And you had mentioned early on that, you know, your, your dad was a very strong person in your life. You know, you had seen his perseverance. You'd seen a lot of the things he pushed through. I, I guess for you, um, how do you feel like having a strong father figure has helped you to develop into the entrepreneur you are today? Um, I think I'm going to say close to zero. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Jeremy, uh, my, my dad and I have not been really connected. Uh, when I when I got connected with him, mm. I was already selling a lot on my own e-commerce. And um, I love my dad. He's an amazing guy. I will tell you that he saved my life many times along the way. And he was always an amazing dad. But um, I'm 37 years old. I left Puerto Rico when I was 18. I moved to Mexico for a few years. And then I came to the United States um, about... Uh, 2006 to be exact. And my dad was never a part of my life along that way. Uh, I had a connection with him uh, just to find out how he was doing, make sure that everything was okay. And just, uh, you know, being a son to him along the way. But me being influenced by him as an entrepreneur, I could say that right now, um, I can go back right now in, in the last several years, I learned a lot from him because now we've been really connected. Ever since I got into his world, uh, about five years ago, um, we got really connected with uh, what he was doing with his business, and he started to understand my power. And he just basically let me take the uh, reins of his business uh, and make him an international superstar, which he is right now. Uh, yesterday, he crossed seven hundred thousand subscribers on YouTube. Uh, we have uh, close to seven hundred thousand on Facebook. Uh, we're generating twenty-five million views every single month, and now we have this company that is in eight countries. When I got in it. Uh, when I started helping him, he was uh, in, small, in one small little island in Puerto Rico and not really that successful yet. Uh, and uh, we took it to the stratosphere. So we got really connected and he, um, he and I are really different minds. I mean, he's like a, a business mind, organization structure. I'm a marketing mind. I know how to capture that attention. I know how to get eyeballs, how to turn uh, something into uh, income, uh, how to build a business that uh, really provides value along the way. So my entrepreneur entrepreneurial genes just mm-hmm. came into existence on my own without having any influence from him, uh, Jeremy. 
uh, in reality. And just to answer your question, uh, the one that you did, uh, the one just before, you asked me about, you know, what what is what is one of the things that I I can say sure. that is at the top of my list when it comes to uh, my successful actions. I don't know exactly how you put it, but it, it's just an obsessive desire to learn, man. Just continuous desire to like, uh, number one, know that I don't know anything yet. Number two, see what I can learn every day. And if I, if I go to sleep, uh, I have a routine every day, which is something that I religiously do, uh, in which I literally in bed ask myself, okay, so what did I learn today? What good thing can I keep for the rest of my life out of today's day? If I don't have an answer to that question, I wake up and I get out of bed and I look for something. So every single day, I, it just made a lot of sense to me to have that as an approach, Jeremy, because I figured 365 days a year, uh, every single day, a new piece of information in my mind, in my universe, um, is going to be very, very beneficial in the long term because it's a lot of information. And what I tell people is like, you know, do you realize that doctors and all these people are highly paid because they know more than you? You know, like they have certificates on the walls. Those certificates uh, allow them to charge you a lot of money because they have more knowledge than you. That's what that's what it's all about. So if you gain a lot of knowledge, that is the greatest protection that you can ever have, no matter what happens to the economy. Like if the economy collapses tomorrow, I know I'm going to be okay. Actually, it's going to be fun to actually rebuild myself or do something about it because in the end, what, what makes a winner is not, you know, a certificate, it's not anything else, but how much do you know? And I, I want to just be obsessed about accumulating knowledge. That's my number one thing, Jeremy. Well, that, that's, that's really certainty against any economy because, you know, when it falls back to it, you have yourself and you're the one that can actually go create it, whether, you know, the economy is good or the economy is bad. So if you have that knowledge, if they have that ability, you can actually go out and, you know, I guess, handle it yourself, you know? Exactly. Makes sense. So I want to I want to find out too. So what is one thing that let's say you believed at eighteen or, or somewhere around there that you don't believe now? Hmm. Uh, oh wow, yeah. This is a, a great point. I mean, I thought about this uh, recently, Jeremy. Like I thought I was a loser my whole life. Now this is a reality. You know, like I uh, I was really good at tennis, like I explained uh, when I was a. Uh, uh, 14 years old, um, 15 years old, I started getting interested in other things. Uh, and I stopped playing tennis that much. So my career uh, that I had dreamed about in tennis, which was my only hope, quote unquote, to being successful, uh, making money, uh, was gone. So uh, when I was 16 or so, 17, and I had just concentrated on having fun in my life and not being successful or like studying, because a uh, uh, funny story about my my studying ability uh i wh whenever i want to learn something right now jeremy i dominate it and i get really good at it and i have a great learning ability now but at that point uh in high school i couldn't care less about history or math or nothing so uh i was out partying all the time and um, i remember that out of five days in school i used to go and my uh my fellow students my fellow uh um school students that uh, graduated with me can actually attest wow. to this. I used to go to school three times a week and usually skip two of them. So my weeks, my weeks were pretty crazy because I had four days off and then uh, uh, I went to school uh, three days. So it was fun and I used to party like crazy. So I was not supposed to graduate. I remember like uh, my mom uh, went to my graduation and when they announced, uh, this is a high school graduation, when they announced my, uh, 
my name. Uh, we got, I got a standing ovation. It's about a hundred students in there. Uh, and I got a standing ovation and my mom was so proud. She was like, wow, I'm so proud. My son is so awesome. Look at him. And what she didn't know was that I was really cool. People liked me. Uh, I was a, a people person. Uh, I had a lot of friends. Uh, so they were giving me a standing ovation because uh, wow. they couldn't even begin to understand how I actually graduated. So it was it was kind of one of those weird things. And and the way that I graduated, Jeremy, was because um, I actually had a an F in history, and I had a teacher who didn't really like me. I couldn't charm her enough, and I had to go to the principal and beg to her, like, hey, you know, like just promise her that my future was going to be bright. And uh, I mean, it turned out okay. After all, I would think <laughs> I'm probably more successful than all the students that graduated with me at that point. Uh, but <laughs> I told her, uh, I need you to help me. And my my pre- my um, my principal in the school, she actually went to the history teacher and convinced her to give me a C so I can graduate. So I did. She did that. And then I went to university for a year and a half, Jeremy. Um, I didn't want to go. I didn't study anything. I didn't learn anything. I skipped a lot of classes. I was into other things until I eventually quit. The only way that I got into the university was because, again, I was really good at tennis. So I got two letters in the mail. One of those letters was a, uh, I'm sorry, but you are not qualified to be a member of the University of Puerto Rico. Uh, we can't have you here. Your grade score is too low. It's ridiculous. Uh, I don't know how you even dared apply, right? Ha, ha, ha. And I got another letter, five days later, Jeremy, saying that I was being invited to become a student in the University of Puerto Rico uh, for um, acquired, um, they call it special skills. Wow. Uh, so I, I got in. I got in because I was a tennis player. Well, wow. I didn't play tennis. I actually joined the, uh, the club and I never showed up. <laughs> so I, eventually, um, after a year and a half, I just dropped it all. And then I become I became a waiter. Imagine that. Like for years, I became a waiter. And then, I mean, it was just like roaming around in life. So what I'm telling you that there's no such thing as a purebred entrepreneur. There is no such thing. If you decide that you want to be an entrepreneur, you make a decision, Jeremy, and you study about it and you master something and you do it. Not in this era. I think that being an entrepreneur in the 1960s or even the 1980s, you had to have some purebredness in you. It was a challenge. Why? Several reasons. If you didn't have a college degree, you were not respected. Uh, People would not do business with you. You were looked at as a loser. So myself, I grew up, my mom, my my own mother, Jeremy, which I love, she felt my whole life I was a loser. Imagine that. Guess who pays for most of her stuff in her life right now? Guess who's keeping her going? <laughs> so, and I'm the youngest. I'm the youngest of four kids. Uh, I have two other brothers, uh, and I and I have a sister. And uh, they don't make uh, a quarter of, uh, of of what I income and what I produce in the last few years. And now my mom looks at me and she was like, after five years, she's like, okay, I get it. You're awesome, but are you dealing drugs or something? And I'm like, <laughs> no, it's all legal. All of it is legal. Look, mama, I'm doing it with hard work. <laughs> she still doesn't believe it. I mean, we we were raised on a society, Jeremy, most of us, uh, 20-year-olds, 30-year-olds, 40-year-olds, maybe not the teenagers right now because it's a different world. But we were raised on a society in which 
we were meant to believe, okay, we're supposed to believe that if we don't go to school, if we don't graduate from university, we should put a big sign on our foreheads that says, I am a loser, okay? And and that's a a sorry thing. I I think we're going to still have a couple of decades of that until the whole thing collapses. But for me, it's even more of a challenge, Jeremy. I I just love... Uh, proving people like, hey, you know, this is something that you can build on your own. I got no freaking certificates on my wall. You know what my only certificate is? I have a, a Facebook certification that many people don't have, okay, which certifies me as a, as a buyer and a planning professional in the Facebook advertising world. That's the only thing that I can tell you that I'm proud of when it comes to certificates. Well, you know, it's really interesting that you mentioned that too, though, because I, I just, I do think, you know, the education system, especially in this country is kind of in a, a, a big need for change because I come from two very, very blue collar parents. So the whole thing was you go to college, you, you get all these degrees. So it's like, I got my bachelor's, I got my master's, I studied in Europe, did all this stuff. And it's, I'm not using any of that. You know, everything I've learned now, I've been self-taught or I've learned from YouTube or I've learned from doing. And, and I think that's the biggest difference that we're going to see is we're, we're going to see things shifting back to a lot of self-study and a lot of um, apprenticeships again. I think that's really the direction we're going to see. And it's not going to matter as much how much paper you have at that point, man. Oh, my man, this is that is so cool. I mean, when you tell me that, man, I'm telling you, I get goosebumps because when you when you say you say something like this, Jeremy, you say, "Oh, everything that I learned, I learned from YouTube." Are you kidding me? This is a free platform. All you're doing is you're paying for the internet service, okay? And I hope that you're not stealing it. You probably are paying for the internet service, and that's all. And you have at your fingertips anything that you want to master and learn. The only thing that you should actually get a certificate for, like if you're going to uh, go to university, is like, "Hey, okay, fine. If you are going to be a doctor." Well, well, I'm sorry, but the, the, the law state that you have to have a certificate. If, if you're going to be an engineer, an architect, you cannot put a build, uh, uh, you cannot build a building unless you have a certificate. I mean, I don't want you building a building. I'm not buying a building that you built if you don't have a certificate, right? But, but other than that, Jeremy, uh, it's all within our fingertips. And it's exciting that all you got to do is just got to decide something. What do you want to learn? Oh, I want to learn design. Type it in and learn it. Oh, I want to learn how to be a Facebook advertiser. Type it in and learn it. I mean, no matter what it is, you have access to it within a couple of clicks of buttons, and then you can just get access to it. It's something that we take for granted, man. We all take for granted. I mean, I know I don't, and you don't, right? But most people, 99.9% of the population, takes for granted in a very, very marked way. Sometimes, <laughs> Jeremy, I mean, it's so ridiculous. I'm sorry that I, I say I, I say it to you, man, because I'm venting here to you, but sometimes Jeremy, I do seminars, okay? And because I do a lot of them. I've done seminars to thousands of people already all over the world, Caribbean, United States. I speak Spanish and English, so I talk in both languages. And I get questions that I'm like, are you I don't say that to them because I'm I'm really polite and I have manners, right? But internally, I'm thinking, are you kidding me? For example, uh, how do you run an ad on Facebook? I mean, seriously, do you know that you can Google that, YouTube that, Facebook that, and find out a million videos that teaches you some of the basics so you can go? Um, there's uh, questions like, wait a second, so uh, how do I open up an account on Amazon? You're saying it will sell products on Amazon. So any questions that you have, if you're a listener and you're listening to this podcast right now and you want to learn about something, all you got to know is that you don't need a mentor. You don't need me to answer your question. You don't need Jeremy. You can just Google stuff and get answers. 
and it's all accessible. Somebody has answered your question along the way. Sure, L let me give you that for, let me give you a real, a reality check. There is so much to learn that sometimes you're going to have to get something that is kind of like a roadmap. For example, the people that go into my, I have a course called the Facebook Masters. That's a whole different thing. Why? Because that one is 40 hours of professionally recorded step-by-step -step, over 200 lessons. That's a different thing because that's like step-by-step-by-step. -by -step -by -step, this is how you accomplish this. Oh, you want a roadmap? Okay, here you go. But if you want to get started on something, there shouldn't be like an analysis paralysis or an implementation paralysis. Oh, I wish Manuel could answer my question because if he doesn't answer my question, I am hopeless and I'm lost. That doesn't work. That's not how I did it. I learned from some people. I had somebody like, for example, I, I can tell you a bunch of names that I've learned a lot from along the way. I've learned from uh, Russell Brunson. I learned from, um, from um, Ben Cummings, from Jason Flatland. I've learned from Gary Vaynerchuk a lot on the marketing philosophy and on the overall philosophy and the opportunities. I've studied a lot along the way. But when it comes to implementing stuff, learning what to do, a lot of the nitty-gritty work, like the hardcore um, actions, you do it yourself and you figure things out along the way. And uh, at the end of the day, it's about how much you can learn and what you do with that knowledge. Learning and implementation learning and hard work. And those are the two most important things that you need to keep in mind when you want to be a successful entrepreneur. Absolutely. Well, well Manuel, just as we're, as we're running low on time here, I just want to come back to, you know, one final question for you. And if we can look at, you know, everything you've created in your career and, and everything that you're leaving behind as a legacy and we're far in the future and we can sum that up with a quote in your tombstone, what does that look like, man? Wow. That's such a, such a question. <laughs> it's profound, right? <laughs> uh, it would be the, uh, I would say something like, uh, I lived in the greatest era of opportunity. That's awesome. I, I would say that because I, I, I definitely, I'm working really hard, Jeremy, on not taking it for granted. Uh, because uh, you know what I try to do, which I recommend all of you guys to do? Uh, I try to do this exercise. And it's kind of like just closing my eyes and thinking, uh, trying to put myself 50 years ago and trying to imagine uh, the hard work that my grandpa went into to try to get clients to walk into his store and all the energy and all the strategizing that it took him to be able to get 20 people to walk into the store. I remember him uh, actually being home after a long day of work tired and exhausted, celebrating maybe $1,000 in sales with 27 employees that he had to pay a lot of money to. When in my case, he had he had 20 visitors. I, had, I have 8,547 visitors every day in my store, and I sell tens of thousands of dollars every single day in e-commerce stores. So when I look at that and I understand that it's not necessarily, it's actually not the fact that I am smarter than him. It's just the fact that I am living on an era that he didn't have the privilege or the, the fortune to be born in. So just because of that, from the bottom of my heart, I know that I have to work my butt off because in reality, it's something that I know he will be actually screaming over and asking me to try, take advantage of it because he didn't have any of that. So when I say, when I say 
I lived on the greatest marketing era or the greatest era of opportunity. Uh, I mean it. I don't think it's going to be around. I think that we're going to have great grandchildren that are going to be looking back at the 2015, 2018 world. And they're going to think about how lucky were they to be born in this era in which the internet was basically uh, just starting out. I actually just, as a one final, I know we're running, running out of time, but this is something that I can give you guys as an analogy uh, to, to that is going to make it really real. You know, in the United States, Jeremy, uh, back in the, uh, mm-hmm. I don't know, hundreds of years ago, uh, we had this big uh, battle for land and territory, right? And also later on, we had the wild, wild west uh, in which people were battling for pieces of land. And some of the wealthy families that we have today, most of them come from that era. You know, some of these people that have generations of money, they come from this era in which people captured acres and acres and miles of land. We are going through the exact same thing, Jeremy. It's just the digital land. That's all it is. And and, and it's so new right now that people forget that it's new, that it's just beginning, that just a few years ago, just a few years ago, these things that we all have in our hands, these mobile devices, these computers, these uh, Wi-Fi signals everywhere, they weren't in, even in existence. So just based on that, I urge anybody to do everything that they can to take advantage of it. Because if you have dreams, if you're a dreamer, then um, you live in the best era that you could have lived in to be a dreamer. We belong here as dreamers. Absolutely. Well, Manuel, this has been awesome. So Manuel Suarez, thank you so much for hanging out with me today on the Create Your Own Life podcast. Thank you for having me, Jeremy. Pleasure and uh, lots of success to all of you guys. 